0: The wolf, the wolf, the wolf unplugged. The wolf, the wolf, the wolf, the wolf unplugged. Oh, well, hello everybody, and welcome to episode five. I'm so happy that I'm just getting these episodes out. I know that this episode is a little bit late. Today is the 26, I believe. And so, let me just get into just before I even get into this episode, I just want to get into the reason why this episode is late. And it's mostly because I just couldn't find my inspiration. So on one hand, I was like, I have something that I really want to say. I have an episode lined up. But then on the other hand, the thoughts and the words that I wanted to say about that incident just was not translating well. And so I kind of just took it as a lack of inspiration when really... I was inspired by so many different things. I was just so focused on this one episode that I wanted to put out. And it's not coming out. So I decided to do this episode instead. I'm sorry about the delay. I'll try not to let it happen. But, you know, this is my podcast. There's no guarantees. I'm not even going to lie. And so I'll get into my spiel. I think I have about five more times. Um, you can find us on Apple and Spotify podcast at The Wolf Unplugged. You can find us on YouTube at The Wolf Unplugged podcast. You could also find me on TikTok at The Wolf Unplugged and Twitter at Wolf X Unplugged. So if you want to connect, oh, and Instagram, Wolf Unplugged, just <laughs> type it in. I'll be there. All the content is coming. It's coming. I'm just... I'm getting into the swing of things. This new year, it it took me a minute with this new year to like, you know, come full circle again, but I feel like I'm finally settled into January and into 2022. And so I hope all of you guys are doing the same. I hope all of y'all are working on those goals, staying consistent, staying motivated, and just keeping up, keeping up with what you, what you need to do and what you know you need to do. Um, and so yeah, that's pretty much it for um, my thoughts before the episode. Um, And I guess we can get right on into it. This is all about the psychology of euphoria. And so before I get into this, I do just want to say like, this is really just how I personally watch TV. I pick a show reality (laughs) reality or fiction and I kind of just analyze it I analyze characters I analyze their motivations maybe their backstory their family of origin you know I'm a therapist so I'm always like analyzing things and predicting as well I think that's another part of it and I kind of sometimes even ruin shows and movies for myself because I'm like well I can kind of see where this is going I already know how this is gonna end because because of what I've already analyzed so that and obviously this is all just my opinion so (laughs) that's just how i watch the show and I'll be doing that with euphoria as well as everyone knows (laughs) it's season two And in addition to just my regular episodes and my podcast, I'm going to also be putting out Euphoria episodes every week. Probably not on Sunday, probably like the Monday or Tuesday afterwards, but that's something that I'm going to be bringing to the podcast as well. It's just my takes on Euphoria and probably other shows. So mostly shows that I'm already watching, but if you have suggestions, I'm open. Not gonna lie, so without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, so for me, I watch, I pretty much watch all of the Euphoria content, at least for season two, um, every week, and so that just means like the episode, the behind the scenes, and then the next week's episode. And so, one thing that the director, Sam Levinson, which for one, where did he even come from? Like, I feel like most directors, they have like a couple of projects and then they like get big. Where did this guy even come from? That's number one. But number two, he mentioned that Cal, um, Nate's dad, um, spoiler alert, by the way, if, you, if you're planning to watch Euphoria or haven't watched it yet, just click off. If you don't want to hear about Euphoria, just click off but Sam Levinson mentioned that Cal's backstory was supposed to help the viewer feel better or feel uh more empathy towards him like feel feel you were supposed to feel bad for him and you were supposed to like him a little bit more based off his backstory which I didn't sorry I didn't um but basically his backstory was that he had always had romantic feelings towards his best friend Derek which obviously transformed into other behaviors <laughs> into his adult life and in addition he had a child he and i think he was pretty much trapped i think that's what they were trying to insinuate during his backstory and so in addition to it not not really making me like him or feel bad for him, the number one thing that kind of stood out for me for his backstory, you know, I'm not going to touch on him being gay, like being, um, da- I don't want to say down low, but him being, uh, having those romantic feelings and never saying anything. I'm not even going to touch on that. But overall, just having those repressed emotions and repressed desires, it kind of made him um, more of a, a stickler, more of a military type A type of personality. And so for one, that makes me think like, would he have been like that if he didn't have those repressed emotions? Would he be like that just because his dad was military? Like, where did the where did the straight lines being so straight and arrow where does that come from because it obviously trickles down to Nate <laughs> so it's not just something that affects him that's kind of where my mind um took it but in addition it's like when you do have those like repressed emotions there are consequences that come along with um like repressing and pushing pushing down what you're feeling. There are consequences like you have more anger, there's more um, violence maybe more aggression, more sadness, substance use, drinking, like there are things that trickle and snowball based on having these repressed emotions and not really acting on it and so I say that to say. <laughs> One, I for me personally, I'm just so glad that I don't have anything that, um, that like I'm hiding that makes it so that I can't be my authentic self. And so I say that to say, be your authentic self, because there are real psychological impacts that go along with not being your your authentic self. And so even from just social media. I know a lot of social media trends are just trends that people follow. And it's like on one hand, yeah, maybe you do like <laughs> I always mention the neon phase because the neon biker short phase was just so stupid. Like why? <laughs> like why are we even on that? I know some people are still on their whole biker short thing. But it's like, if, okay, I could see if you really just like neon and you really like biker shorts, but if you're just going along with it for the trend, it's inauthentic, <laughs> like it's inauthentic to you. And like people can read that. People can read that off of you. And in addition, you probably are more insecure because you are just going along with a trend. You're just going along with it. You're just spending your money on lace front wigs, <laughs> Which is the worst trend of them all. And (laughs) you look a mess. And so you probably, you know that and feel those insecurities. That's just a little example based off social media and social media trends. Not even like big things like really loving your best friend. (laughs) Like just even little stuff like that can have consequences for for your whole person. Holistically. Um, in addition to all of his repressed emotions. He also. As we see in the show. It led to him. Having to hide a lot of things. So that was the disc. He's hiding that from his kids. Even though Nate knew. But he's hiding that from his kids. He's hiding things from his wife. He's hiding things from You know, he's this big senator or whatever in the town. And he's hiding things from them. He can't even call the police. When Ashtray is knocking him in the head. Like, there are so many things that he has to hide to keep up the act. It's like when you lie and you have to lie on top of the lie to keep the lie going. It's just like you're just running in circles, snowballing things to just avoid not being yourself. Which, if you just are yourself from the beginning, you never have to go through all these different steps of getting married, having kids, being a senator, being the construction guy, and then having to blow your whole life up, quote unquote. If you were just yourself from the beginning, you would never get to that point. That's what I'm trying to say. And so, in addition to, like, what I just said, all of that, Instead of just being your authentic self from the beginning. It just leads your life down a different path. Which honestly is something that we had just dealt with uh, from uh, like this past weekend. It's like the consequences of you not being your authentic self. Leads your life down a totally different path. So in Cal's example for him. Excuse me. For Cal's example, had he just said, you know, (laughs) in high school, in the 12th grade, when he was staring at his besties, you know, private parts, if he had just said, you know what, I love you, bestie, whatever, let's kiss like they did at the bar. If he had just said that from the jump, there would have been no need for him to have relations with a woman. Then that woman wouldn't have gotten... She wouldn't have gotten pregnant. They would have just been... Okay, like you don't... They would have broken up. Okay, you don't mess with me. I don't mess with you. Whatever. Like there would have been... His life would have looked completely different had he... From the jump just said... Look, this is where I'm at. This is where my head's at. What about you? Like you could just... You... Kyle could have saved himself a lot of internal turmoil by just being upfront and just being honest. And honestly, uh, <laughs> I would rather have external people, other people, be in turmoil over my decisions and whatever I'm doing in my life than to have myself <laughs> in internal turmoil over my life and my decisions and regretting, regretting a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So for me, (laughs) it doesn't make me, (laughs) Kyle's backstory, it really doesn't make me feel bad for him. It just kind of makes me feel like, well, you should have just said that you liked your bestie or you could have just co-parented with that guy. And especially because it was the nineties. It's not like he was growing up during the sixties or something. Obviously, at any time period, um the LGBT community faces hate crimes and uh just crimes and violations. but it didn't make me feel bad for him, knowing that he's I don't know if they're trying to insinuate that he's still he's gay for like I don't know I don't know if they're trying to insinuate that he's in the present still gay or not still gay but in the present I don't know what they're trying to insinuate with this story because obviously Cal has a lot a lot going on like he he has a lot going on so yeah didn't make me feel better for him um yeah I'm looking at my notes my bad but he had to overcompensate. he had those insecurities he's projecting leading his life down a different path in general so that was the beginning of the show <laughs> that's just one little snippet that I wanted to talk about but from just just like a little side note for me I don't know why euphoria feels like a black show I don't know if that's just me or if other people feel that but for whatever reason up until you know this season I was just thinking about this but this these were my thoughts but up until this season I really felt like because of Zendaya that Euphoria was like a black show like insecure it's on HBO I thought it was like a black show And it kind of just hit me this season that the only black characters is Rue and her family. Like those are the only three black people in the show. And so it's really not a black show. But I'm thinking like, but why does it give me, like why does it make me feel like it's like a black sitcom? Like Martin, well not Martin, but like it's like a black sitcom, right? And I think it has to do with the music and with the like aesthetics, like the art, the the bling, the rhinestone aesthetic like type of thing, the music and that I think is in combination. And of course, Zendaya, all those three things in combination just make me feel like it's a black show. I don't know. Let me know what your thoughts are. But moving on, <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about Rue's slideshow. Honestly, I'm like so tired of Rue. I'm 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 so sorry to say it. Sorry, Zendaya. But one thing, another little side note that Sam Levinson said during the behind the scenes little snippet was that this season he would be pushing Zendaya's likability as a character obviously Zendaya is super likable she's super um has good image I guess you could say but that was one thing that he said that he was purposely doing this season and I can definitely feel that because I'm sick and tired of Rue she has issues obviously on top of the drugs but she also has character flaws. And I'm just tired of her overall. I think that she needs to just go sit her ass down somewhere. You're black. You're black. You need to sit down. <laughs> Period. Like, I'm tired of her. Um, and in addition, I don't know why they try to act like Storm Reed is like 12 in the show. They try to make it seem like she's 10. And plays with dolls still. I don't know. That's another weird little thing that they do with the show. That I'm really tired of. Um, but back to the slideshow. Sorry. I'm like getting sidetracked. But back to the slideshow. Rue's slideshow that she does. Which is The Life of an Addict. Yes, I wrote it down. And she has three steps to getting away. How to get away with being a drug addict. So before I even get to there. I want to just point out the comparison between Rue when she was doing her little dance routine to get milk and Pop-Tarts and Gia witnessing her getting the milk and Pop-Tarts. I think because I'm a therapist, I, we obviously learn about substance abuse, substance use, addiction, uh, people who are on substances or using substances and so that was very interesting because I'm sure they purposely put that in there. It was very interesting to see the difference with how Gia views her. Like, literally, like she was literally doing nothing. But then for her, it was like a whole, oh, yeah, woo, fireworks going off in the background. And like, yeah, I'm singing so good. And that's really how it be like when addicts are high, because that's what she was. But when she was during that whole choreo scene, she really was in her own world. She really was not like she really thought that she sounded good, looked good. And that kind of just goes to show How even in season one. This point up into season two. How any time where she said that she was on drugs. Or she was on drugs. She was pretty much in her own little world. Like I know we all say that she's an unreliable narrator. But I think it's deeper than. It's even deeper than that. And (laughs) you're not just an unreliable narrator. But you're. A narrator that's not in this reality at all that's like a completely different thing and so like you really have to take her narration with a grain of salt as opposed to or not as opposed to but take it with a grain of salt in addition to what we see the other characters doing Like, I don't know if that's making sense. But she's just so unreliable. (laughs) Yeah. Not even going to (laughs) get even more into that. But another little example, I guess, could be, like, those memes when (laughs) when people put, like, the cartoons and they have, like, red eyes and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah. I bet nobody knows that I'm high right now. Ooh, <laughs> But it's like you're not acting normal. You're not walking right. You're not like <laughs> your eyes are like this. Like we know. We know, honey. <laughs> you're just trying not to act like it. But we know. That's what Rue is. And another little side note before I get More deeper into this is I hope she gets caught yeah um moving on to her little slideshow thing how to get away with being a drug addict it was basically just her lying manipulating pre-planning being on edge gaslighting ruining her own relationships and so I'm not trying to say don't do drugs but when you are Addicted to drugs, that's what it is, and so while I was watching that part of the episode, it really made me think back to a worksheet that I got in my addiction class. Because obviously, I'm gonna keep saying it, but I'm a therapist and um, I just graduated, and so I still like a lot of this stuff is still fresh, and so I remember this worksheet that my teacher gave us and kind of broke down like the phases of addiction because obviously they, you know, there's, uh, the phases of drug action, which is like, okay, you take it, oh, you get, it's in your system. It's ingesting. Oh, you reach the climax. Okay. Now you're coming down. Okay. Now you're out of plateau. Okay. You take more boop you're at your peak you come down that's for drugs but the phases of addiction is like pretty much the same thing like oh you take it you're having fun (laughs) and then you're having fun that's like pretty much your peak is like where the reward and the risk are pretty much the same or you get more reward rue is at a point where she's dropping off the cliff (laughs) like okay yeah well first of all we've never seen her not doing we've never seen her on the other side or at her peak of drug use or of addiction she's always just been falling off the cliff that's where she's at she's at a point where the risk the reward and the consequences the consequences are way bigger (laughs) way bigger Over here, the consequences. Way bigger than the little tiny reward that she's getting of being high for, I don't know, a couple hours. You know, I don't know. (laughs) You know, opiates. Whatever she really takes. But that just goes to show, obviously, I already... (laughs) Obviously, these are things that, you know, I already know because I took the class. But just as I'm watching the show, I'm just like, wow. The risk that she's taking just to maintain her habit is just out of this world. And in addition, she just goes headfirst into things that are so risky. A side note, Fez, I think he's getting a lot of um, popularity this season for beating up Nate. But Fez, he, I don't know if he does drugs too, but he is the dealer. But he could say with her plan, no, hell no. You're not getting $5,000 worth of anything for me. <laughs> like he could say that, but for her and the other drug addict, Elliot, That was the perfect plan. Like you guys don't see the risk, which is another part of the addiction. And so as we know, Sam Levinson is an ex. I don't want to say ex addict, but he was and he does a very good job of just portraying the the turmoil and the ups and downs of addiction he does a really good job of that and then he is a really good person for this show um but yeah so that's like one of the biggest things that stood out for me from things that I learned in school and things that I'm just observing for the show is just the amount of risk that root takes is insane Like that's why I said. She really does need to go sit her ass down somewhere. Because. (laughs) Like. You just really need to go sit down. (sighs) Yeah. stressing me out. Like my blood pressure is all high. Uh, I'm like huffing and puffing. You need to go sit down bro. I guess. On one hand. I guess that's what it's like in high school though. It's like. This is another side note, but I do see people that critique euphoria, like people in high school don't actually do this. And so I don't know if, I don't know if people in high school are still doing this because I've been out of high school since 2014. But when I was in high school, people, which was like the beginning of the peel wave, um, which, you know, when I was leaving was like the beginning of the whole pill wave. People were definitely acting just like Ruth <laughs> Maybe not as, <laughs> like, persistent, but it was definitely, there were definitely people at my high school who were doing pills, doing drugs, smoking in the bathroom on their lunch break. I mean, not lunch break, but yeah, on their lunch break, skipping class going in the bathroom snorting stuff in the bathroom in the back of the class crushing up pills taking them yeah all that so obviously things continue if you're on that type of wave that will just continue to escalate as you get older so yeah if you go to college they could have based the show in college too yeah I get that but this stuff really does happen in high school. <laughs> like, people start smoking weed in, like, middle school now. Nowadays. So, I really just don't understand where these people critique, uh, like, euphoria. As if people in high school are saints. Like, for real. Y'all are, yeah. It's crazy. But, yeah. Just a whole bunch of risk. Moving on... <laughs> Um, I do want to talk a little bit about support groups, you know, like Narcotics Anonymous. That's what Rue is going to. And her sponsor, Ali. I just want to say that I love Ali. I really, really do. I really like Ali. I really like him on like the special episode portion. Uh, I really liked their conversation. I like him his backstory him as a person in general well on the show sorry not in general I have no clue who he is (laughs) but I really like Ali as a sponsor so that's why I really want to talk a little bit about support groups because I actually attended Narcotics Anonymous as a part of school but honestly I thought about going back just because this gonna sound really lame but (laughs) but for support like it's a support group I want to talk I want like I want to share my story even though even if it's not with drugs like I want to say why I'm here (laughs) like what I've been struggling with for that day like it's not just oh hi my name is Avery and I'm an addict hi Avery like it's not like that it's actually a support group just like they have support groups for new moms and for moms with kids with autism and for teens and all this other stuff. These support groups are really a good place to maintain sobriety. And I just wish that Rue would use it. Like the, they're always saying in the show, it works if you work it and it really does like, it only works if you work it. And this is just like another little side note. I, For me personally, even though I'm a therapist, I do have some biases when it comes to um, addiction and drug use, right? And so for me, I just feel like there are really only three ways that this goes. You either keep doing drugs and you just live your life like that. You die or you stop. Like there are, and usually if you keep going, it's going to lead to death. Like you can't be a cocaine addict until, until you're 70, 80 and live a long, fulfilling, um, health, health, healthful youth, youthful life. It's just not going to happen. And so that's just my personal biases. And I just feel like Rue, <laughs> she's clearly out of space where she wants to keep going And Ali can pretty much see that. Because he was an ex-addict as well. And he was where she was at some point. That's why. That's one of the reasons I really like Ali as a sponsor. And on top of that. I also really like how he as a sponsor. Didn't tell Rue's mom about the drug use. And so I've seen people online, mostly on TikTok, because I'm obsessed with watching people's other people's thoughts. I'm not obsessed. But I really like to see and hear other people's thoughts on on the show and what they analyzed and what they got from it. And so a lot of people critique Ali for not saying anything. But I don't think that they they peaked when he was like walking away and he was like, and faded in, like faded into the background. Like he literally, you know, oh yeah, she's doing good, whatever, blah 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 blah. But I mean, looked at her and was like, yeah, I'm watching you, young blood. First of all, I don't know if he ever has said young blood in the show. He just seems like he would be the type to call somebody young blood. Uh, <laughs> but on top of uh, apart from that um I think that it really did help build trust with Ali in that moment to just be like you know we do have our dyad I'm your sponsor this is our dyadic relationship and I'm gonna I know that you're doing drugs and I'm gonna just keep your trust in this moment and not tell your mom I really did like that how he do- did that because it's just not easy to Gain trust and gain influence. In a teenager's life. And that's kind of where. He was working himself up to. Especially if you saw that special episode. That they did. He. Was he. I don't want to say he's working his way up to. But with Rue. It's like on and off. He's like right where. He has her right where he needs her. Almost to where. She. To where he can influence her to not do drugs. And so, I would have said that. Episode 2. Okay? Episode 3 is where Rue just like kind of flips the script. And so... First of all, I just want to say that... This is one of the reasons that I'm starting to not like Rue. Because the drug... The addict tendencies are what's more so coming out now. It's not just like the oh, cute little um, crop top and glitter eyeshadow. And oh yeah, good music. Good music. Good music. Like, (laughs) it's not just, it's the show. It's not that anymore. And it really is more acting now. And it's more drama, more muddy, more murky. I don't, and it's not just. Oh, you cheated. Oh, you obviously Nate's story has always been super dirty, but it's not just, oh, you cheated. Oh, uh, you hit me, blah, 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 blah. But it's more, it, it's like a lot of drama this season. But anyways, that convo that Rue had with Ali, I felt like, like I said, this is one of the reasons I don't like her or I'm starting not to. Is I felt like she knew exactly what to do, what to say, how to trigger him, to manipulate him to get out of that convo. Because obviously she had a suitcase full of drugs. (laughs) She's not going to just give that information up. Like, oh yeah, I just came to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting with a suitcase full of pills because I'm the new plug now. And just, he's not going to just let that slide. (laughs) Like, that's not just something that's, oh, sweep it under the rug. Okay, not going to tell your mom. That's just not a pass. Like, you can't get a pass off of that. And so, I feel like in that conversation, she did exactly what she needed to do to lie, manipulate, and gaslight her way out of that situation. Just like with her, um... What is it called? How to get away with being a drug addict slideshow. Gaslight. Because she really didn't have to bring up his personal past with his daughters that are estranged. To get like you didn't have to do that Rue. He was telling you that in order to build trust. In order for you to understand how his life has pretty much got to where it is. Because of drugs. And you use that against him. Granted, he was triggered. He was triggered. I'm not going to lie. But it's not for you to exploit. Because you don't want to get caught with your drugs. That you just went and got. Before you came to this meeting. Yeah. I'm not fucking with Rue like that. But, um... Yeah, she just knew exactly what to say to get him to leave her alone. <laughs> and I just really didn't like that. Obviously, I know that she's not, you know, she's a high school drug addict. So, you know, she's not going to be the upstanding honorable student, student, uh, good Samaritan of a citizen. But... <laughs> I feel like there should be a little bit more instilled. Side note, though. We do, obviously, in the field of psychology, we, we know that if you start using drugs, I think she said she started when she was 14. If you start when you're 14, then there's a lot of brain development that hasn't taken place yet that's going to be altered because of your drug use especially with opiates, like, it's not like, (laughs) I mean, any drugs at 14 is like, should be off limits, but yeah, that's like a big thing to, your brain is like a big thing to alter at such a young age, and I feel bad for her, honestly, I know it's fictional, but (laughs) I feel bad. Um, on top of that, another person who clearly has an underdeveloped brain is Ashtray. Why do they even have this kid, a kid, on this show like that? I know he's only supposed to be like 10. Like, he can't be, He he's definitely under 15. Yeah, they need to, he's very underdeveloped. Um, I hope they give him more of a backstory because... I would really like to know more about his psychology. Your mom gave you up as an addict for drugs and now you're living with them. Sorry, but you're living with the, the, the dealers and you're loyal, super loyal, which obviously it's not Fez's fault, but yeah, I know there has to be some, (laughs) some screws loose in there. Um, but that's enough about support groups and Ali as a sponsor. Um, now I'm just going to (laughs) get a little bit into, um, the supporting characters. So all of them for last episode, I'm not going to talk about obviously other episodes. This is about episode three. Anyways, Cassie, Cassie. You know better, baby girl. Obviously, we all know the reason that she's doing this. We, You know, I don't have to say what hundreds of people already say and think. She's seeking male... Well, I'm going to still say it. Look at me. (laughs) She's seeking male validation. It's really... (laughs) Not that much to say, but seeking that male validation to the point of it being to her own detriment and to her own like mental health, it just doesn't make sense. And obviously that happens with women across the board, across races, across ages, across socioeconomic statuses. All the time. Take it back to my beauty episode. It happens all the time. And that's exactly why I was saying. When you have real confidence from a place of true self-validation then there's no game that anybody could play so that you feel insecure that you have to wake up at 4 a.m. to do a whole three or four hour routine for somebody who's not even going to notice you or going to pretend not to notice you. So, yeah, I just feel like that, if if not any character from Euphoria, I feel like Cassie and Maddie are the most um, like relatable because I feel like even in some little inkling everybody could get a can see themselves in those two characters in like some way shape or form like their character archetype and like their personality their that archetype is everywhere in a lot of different shows and in a lot of our, personal psyches of just you know Cassie being the seeking validation feeling insecure um doing the most feeling like she has to do certain things to keep someone that whole thing versus Maddie which is kind of like the two sides of the same coin she pretty much performed for Nate in some way shape or form but hers was just a little bit spicy <laughs> this is like a little spiciness on it um and more of a walls built based off of not wanting to be I, I don't know if this is gonna make sense but hers comes from more so not wanting to be like something else and Cassie's comes from wanting to be like someone else or something else I don't know if that makes sense um but yeah I think that they're like some of the most relatable characters and just (laughs) overall Cassie I just really hope that she gets it together because never been happier sorry if you all can hear that I'm getting work done renovations at my house please ignore that if you can hear that um But I really just hope she gets it together. Because never been happier. Girl. You've been happier. (laughs) Um, Oh, in addition. Another character that I really like. I, I mean, she was barely in this episode. But it's Lexi. On one hand, I feel like... Lexi, stop being a little biatch because she's the only one who really knew about Rue's drug use in the beginning and didn't say anything which was just wild um that's why I say like she's a little biatch she saw her dad stealing from them and didn't say anything a little biatch um so I, I think I said that I liked her at the beginning I don't really like her that much <laughs> um and I, I'm What I do like, however, is that they pretty much said that she's like the observer type. And so, as much as they didn't really give that much of a backstory on that, I do like how they mentioned that she is more of an observer um, instead of an an action type of person. And so, just for her, I'm really excited to see um what her play is about because i think that it is based off of like some things that are real life and in addition i'm really curious to see how it plays out between her and feds because at the party it seems like they were getting on okay and then after he beat up nate and she visited him at the gas station thingy It kind of fell off. That whole storyline kind of fell off. And on one hand. I don't know if that was just the writers. Just not having that much of a storyline. For them. Or if the storyline was like. Oh Lexi thinks. Faz is messing with that random girl. That moved in. And Faz is just. You know has two brain cells. So he probably just doesn't pick up on. Like social cues. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them, but I hope that they, you know, get it together. Um, Also, another thing, Kat wasn't really in this episode, but another thing that I think people are overlooking a little bit with Kat and Kat's storyline is the fact that she was a teenage sex worker and there was an incident last season where... She was in an uncomfortable position during that exchange. And it was almost like assault virtually, like cyber assault with one of her uh, clients. And so on top of being like a 17 year old sex worker, I feel like after that whole incident, it's really when she started to change. That's really when more insecurities started to come out. And now she's having like a whole identity crisis. And so I really feel like that was the moment that things changed for her. Whatever happens during that exchange, just knowing. For me, what I personally feel like is just knowing that even in a situation where you feel like you have the power, you still don't have the power and it kind of I don't know for me it just snowballed for her and that's why she's having such an identity crisis right now in addition to that I'm really tired of her storyline being mostly about her being fat I feel like for one she's not even that fat and two if you're gonna make that her storyline be more detailed like there are so many different situations that you could put put her in that could make it seem like you know quote-unquote she was the fat friends like there's so many different Things that you could do if you wanted to show what it's like and body positivity and blah 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 blah. Like, there are so many different things that can be done with her storyline if you really want it to be all about her being fat. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, yeah, I just think that overall, though, that incident last season is really what snowballed Cat's issues in terms of confidence and her insecurities questioning herself questioning others questioning ethan um was that situation um lastly (laughs) my predictions for rue jules and elliot first of all elliot dominic fike oh he's so fucking fine i i For one, for me, I like that little grungy look that he has on the show. Like, I really like that. And he's so cute. Like, just like some random guy, too. But before, at the end of episode two, I was a little bit iffy about Elliot. I'll reference the part that I'm talking about. But he's talking to, I guess, some girl on the couch. And she's like... What's up with that girl that you keep bringing bringing over here talking about Rue? And he goes, oh, we're just friends. And then she's the lady goes, well, I can count on my hands how many friends you have. And he goes, well, yeah, she's one of them. And then they laugh. That made me feel a little bit iffy about him because it's like, what are you trying to do? It kind of almost felt like he would just feed her drugs. That's like what I got from him. Like a paranoid. ooh, Stay away type of vibe. But then at episode 3. I'm like well is it more of a romantic. I'm trying to holler at you type of vibe. Or like. I just don't get his vibe. So based off of. (laughs) The little 3 episodes he's been in. I just predict. That. Obviously, he's going to continue hiding Rue's drug use. I think that can also get a little bit messy just having two, just having dyadic relationships within the three, the triadic relationship. I think that can get way too messy because you have Rue and Jules, you have Rue and Elliot, then you have Jules and Elliot, and then you have Rue and Elliot. Oh, yeah, I already said that. Ruin and Jules. Like, it, it, see, I'm already messing up. It just gets too messy when you have little secrets within the relationship. Then you have to keep it separate. You have to keep Ruin and Jules separate. Oh, then it might seem like you might start liking Jules a little bit. It's just like, well, what is your purpose, Mr. Elliot, on this show? Other than helping Ru do drugs. Like, what's his purpose? I still haven't been able to figure that out. And so, I think that overall, there will be a lot of secrets that he has to hold. Either within, just for Rue, for Jules, for himself, for whatever. It's obviously going to be some secrets that he has to hold. It's going to be some mess. And it's going to be some sex, too. I can already tell. (laughs) <laughs> in some way shape or form <laughs> um, and just overall I hope Rue gets caught like I really really do like I'm really not playing with her I'm not liking her trying to do business like no I am I don't mess with that I don't mess with dealing drugs like that's like I don't know if she's ever listened to the 10 crack but Ten Crack Commandments. I really don't know. If she's ever listened to the Ten Crack Commandments. But. Rule number four. I know you heard this before. Never get high on your own supply. That's rule number four. Right? Yeah. Rule number four. I know you heard this before. Yep. Never get high on your own And the first thing she did. When she got home was put a fit now tab on her tongue (sighs) I'm just too through like I'm just too through like I'm too through with rue (sighs) yeah so I just really hope she gets (laughs) caught I'm not messing with her this season and yeah It's just it's too much. It's too much for me. It's too much. But yeah I know some people this might have been a little bit of a surface level deep dive because I know some people really pay attention to the makeup the lighting the clothes the this the that. I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna do that. All I'm gonna do is try to get into their brain try to get into their motivations and kind of try to circle it back to real life and like some of the situations that happen in real life that's what I'm about so overall I hope that you have enjoyed this psychology of euphoria um and I hope you're enjoying the show I'm really excited to put out these little I want to say mini episodes but there was nothing mini about this episode I'm really excited for these though because i like to for one i like to watch tv and for two i like to talk about (laughs) watching tv and analyzing what i like what i what i watch on tv so it's only (laughs) it only makes sense you know so i will be out with another episode on the eighth regular episode and I will be out with another Euphoria episode next week. Because it's already Wednesday. So, yeah. I'm really excited. Um, I don't think I have any announcements or anything else to say. Um, other than keep an eye out for the rest of my episodes. Keep an eye out for the tweets. For the, for the TikToks. For the Instagram posts. Because I'm really about to start going hard. I'm getting all my content and all my, you know... Pictures and ideas and stuff, getting that ready now, now, and it'll be out pretty soon. Like once February pops off, it's gonna be, I'm I'm gonna be set when it comes to all my content, all my tweets, posts, blah, blah blah blah, all that. So just hang in there. <laughs> and yeah that's pretty much it for this episode hope you enjoyed it make sure you follow me on instagram tiktok and twitter um wolf unplugged the wolf unplugs and wolf x unplugged so yeah i'll see y'all on the 8th